0: Hello and welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast. It is finally time for the Hall of Fame episode. At the beginning of December, we created our own Hall of Fame ballot that we dispersed across social media to see what us, the fans, would vote for if we had our own ballot. We're going to treat this kind of like a Hall of Fame show. We're going to introduce some of the candidates, not talk about all of them because some of them don't deserve all of our time, their likelihood of getting in or retaining the ballot, and then we'll get into the results, who you, the fans, voted for to be elected into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. How are we doing today, boys?
1: I am doing good. This is long awaited, much research done. I am prepared to go to battle. I'm ready.
2: I'm not not as ready to go to war, if I'm going to be honest, but... There are a couple of these guys that I am really excited to go over. And so yeah, that's really that's really what I'm about for 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 this for this episode.
0: Yeah. So with the ballot, we sent it out to mainly Reddit, Twitter, and it was in the link on our YouTube and Instagram page. But a majority of our votes came from Reddit. So first we're gonna highlight the big guns, the guys that are maybe gonna get in. And then there's definitely the ones that won't get in. There's definitely no one first time around that just got on the ballot that's going to get in. Do you guys kind of agree with that this year?
1: Uh first try, first, first ballot hall of famers? Yeah. Um, there is one that I would like to cover, but other than that, there are not even there's none even in the conversation. Steves, anything you wanna Yeah, I agree. There's not really any. Well, do you want to kick off with that guy? There's not really anyone. Let's kick off with that guy. I will lead him in. It is Carlos Beltran Beltran. He is statistically a Hall of Famer. Um, I was looking at his statistics and trying to compare him to other Hall of Famers. He's very extremely, and I mean extremely similar to Andre Dawson. Both are in the 2,700 hit range. The difference in their RBIs is four. The difference in their home runs is three. And their difference in stolen bases is two. And, and get this. They had the exact same batting average for their career and the exact same career OPS+. Plus. They are literally identical. Um, but something that Carlos Beltran did even better was that anyone else was steal bases efficiently. Um, he had the highest stolen base rate, success rate of all time with uh, 300 minimum stolen bases. Um, obviously, statistics are not stopping him from being a Hall of Famer. Um, it's the science to handle 2017. Um, regarding that though, he w- wasn't a coach. He wasn't a higher up. He was a veteran presence on this team. And here's, here's my take. This is gonna disagree with everyone. I, I don't think a no doubt... Hall of Famer should be penalized for a team-wide scandal that happened in their age 40 final season. And this is kind of a pivotal vote here because if Beltron doesn't get in, that kind of closes the door on every single player on that 2017 Astros team. And I, th- I think he's unlikely to be a 1st ball Hall of Famer, but he gets my vote for this one. See, I
0: kind of disagree with you there on the sign-stealing thing. Is If you look at that baseball reference, it's missing a very, very big thing for some Hall of Famers. It's a World Series rank. He was ring and chasing. He was ring chasing, and in doing so, he passed the line of reasonability. Like, he cheated. And if you're going to consider a steroid user a cheater and not put them in the Hall of Fame, you're not going to put in a cheater who stole signs and stole the World Series. They didn't steal it by some heroic comeback, by, like, someone on the bench, like, looking in and seeing a tip on the pitcher. No, they had a camera behind the center field fence pointed at the catcher and stole the signs and relayed it to their players. They cheated for a World Series. If you had a team full of people you're doing steroids, do they deserve that World Series?
1: No, Um. but the World Series ring is not the difference between this Hall of Fame career. And I think even if you give him that 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 tax, you take that World Series ring away from him, he's still going to be a, a Hall of Famer. I think he shouldn't have done it. And I think that's definitely going to resonate in some of these voters. But I honestly think Compared to these steroid users that we're about to talk about, I think that he's going to get several more votes, several more percent than the other ones.
0: I think there's definitely like a fair argument for him to be in the Hall of Fame statistically. I think he belongs in statistically. I just think a veteran that is the ringleader of a sign ceiling scandal is worse <clears throat> almost than doing steroids because it's defaming the sport, and you can't yeah. put someone like that into the Hall of Fame.
1: I did. I did as much research as I could on the whole ringleader thing, and that's has never been confirmed that he was the ringleader, but it is speculated that he was, and that in itself, if that was proven, would be the would be the nail in the coffin for him. Um, at the same time, though, the manager AJ Hinch and all the the higher ups that knew about this should have just shot it down immediately. I can't say that that would have impacted anything, but still, even with that, I, I I don't know. I think it's just too late in his career. Um, and it's kind of horrible how the timing happened and it was a horrible decision on Beltran's part. Uh, and I don't, I just don't think that can ruin such a good career. How how do you fall on that?
2: Uh, so I had him in as well, just statistically, (laughs) don't get me wrong. I, as just upset as anyone else was in the 2017 scandal. And Brad does bring up a fair point that you get rid of that world series ring. That is. Very detrimental to his case. I I, I would say because to make it into the Hall of Fame, you need not only your personal accolades, but you need the team accolades. You need to have that see that team success over over your entire career, and he had a very illustrious career through and through. Nine time All Star, three time Gold Glove, two times Silver Slugger, he won the Rookie of the Year, but he the you play to win the World Series and. For him to be, as we're saying right now, the ringleader of that cheating scandal in 2017, you have to take that into account. So I could see it going either way. I put him in just based on
1: statistics. Yeah, I think that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I again, I agree that he belongs in based on just statistics. But it, A, I'm not a big Hall of Fame person. Like, I don't like to induct a lot of people. And when you have such a big red flag in terms of defaming the game – you don't belong in the Hall of Fame. So do you guys want to go to the more controversial players first or the ones who are kind of just going off their careers?
1: Um, Do you want to go to the steroid users now? Do you want to move forward no, into I those mean, guys? We, we already started with a controversial person, so
0: let's keep it going. All right. We're going to kick it to the most controversial of all, Alex Rodriguez. And I think this is a very simple answer for me. No.
1: Okay. And I disagree on that. There you sometimes Brad, sometimes yeah. I disagree with Brad just to disagree with him, but this time I I, I have to go against him. I, no, and hear me out, and, and hear me completely out. You can make out. the argument that Alex Rodriguez is the greatest infielder of all time, not only the best third baseman, not only the best shortstop. There are steroid users like Sheffield and Pettit that we'll talk about, but there's Alex Rodriguez. He was on another level. Purely statistically, Alex Rodriguez, Rodriguez – was better than everyone. I mean, the three MVPs, the gold gloves, the power, the, the speed actually on the bases. He slugged high every year. Um, and he, he, the fourth highest war of all time, that's important stat for you. Um, and he somehow managed to catch 34% of the vote in his debut ballot last year, even with all the scandals. That's tough to do considering what's going against him. So I'm I'm kind of curious how this year goes. But if I'm gonna vote in Barry Bonds into the hall, I think you have to vote A Rod in because he's in that inner circle of steroid users. There's there's Barry Bonds, there's um Roger Clemens, and there's Alex Rodriguez. These guys that even if you created this like steroid tax that like subtracts 20 to 30 percent of their statistics to like try and balance it out, they're still first ballot hall of famers. I mean, Alex Rodriguez was that good. Um there's so much there's so much controversy around this guy, though. There's a lot of rumors that there was more cheating even beyond the steroids. Um, so if that ever were to become public, it would be, it would be the the last nail in the coffin. Like I mentioned with Beltron. but, um, I think A-Rod is trying to get into this, this, um, what's it? He's he's becoming an announcer. And I think he's trying to appeal to everyone, just like David Ortiz kind of did how he had some of the controversy and then became a a very liked announcer, um, maybe to boost his chances. What What do you think about that?
0: I think that he's just doing it to stay in baseball and because he loves hearing (laughs) Alex Rodriguez. I think he's a very self-centered person, (laughs) but that's not the point of the ballot. I think with Alex Rodriguez's case, it's another one of those, he was clearly good enough to be a Hall of Famer. But when he admitted to starting juicing in 2001, if you get rid of every steroid year, he's not even on this ballot because he wouldn't be eligible to. He played a majority of his career having taken steroids. Yeah, There's nothing you can argue against that. If you have tested positive, you can argue that Bond's never tested positive. You can argue that Clemens never tested positive. Alex Rodriguez admitted and was suspended for taking steroids. And that is the case closed for me. What do you think think about that? Um.
1: I
2: mean, that's a very fair point. But Alex Rodriguez is one of those names that will kind of live in infamy for the baseball and for all of Major League Baseball, right? But the thing, he's, in my opinion, I don't consider him the greatest infielder of all time. I disagree with Tom on that point. I don't even consider him the greatest shortstop or third baseman of all time. But he had an amazing career, and you can't just get rid of the steroid era in general because that's just how baseball was played during that era everyone juiced even the people that didn't juice probably had something in their system but alex rodriguez deserves to be in the hall of fame based on his stats and again like i said i kind of base these more on statistics and what um and kind of their accolades and stuff like that so Again, three-time MVP, fourteen-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove, he won a batting title. He's a ten-time Silver Slugger. He won, he won a World Series. You you
1: can't take that away from him, and for that, I have him in the Hall of Fame. And, and just to build off that, I mean, you really you really can't tell the story of baseball without bringing up Alex Rodriguez. Um, he was just so pivotal, I, I, pivotal, in 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 kind of building baseball, uh, to where it is today, um. I, I mean, I could argue all day about comparing him to the best third baseman, shortstop, infielder all time. Um, he's definitely got the statistics to bat it, back it up. It's just a matter of whether he would be the same without steroids and whether what, what that steroid tax would look like to, to try and balance him out. But I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's got so many accolades and he's in that Barry Bonds type inner circle of steroid users that, I mean, he was the only one that actually got caught though. But I, I think if, this this If Alex Rodriguez gets voted in, that would be the first step towards voting in more steroid users, which would be a problem, but I think Alex Rodriguez is just leagues better.
0: The thing with Alex Rodriguez is, as you said, if you open the door for steroids, what's to stop Fernando Tatis from getting in? Do you think Fernando Tatis, if he has the career trajectory he's on, should be in the Hall of Fame?
1: It kind of depends if you, if you, if you go out there and win 10 batting titles, three MVPs um, you win the world series, 8 million times, you, you kind of have, you're kind of the face of baseball for 10 years. You're, you're going to be in the hall of fame. I think regardless, I I think me personally, I think Jose Altuve belongs in the hall of fame just because he's been the face of the Astros for so long. And I think that even with his problems, he's continued to succeed. So if, if Fernando Tatis does continue to succeed like that, then I think that he is a hall of famer. I mean, obviously, it's way too early to tell, but if he has that that type of trajectory.
0: So I'm kind of on the same page with the Altuve thing. Like, he belongs in the Hall of Fame because he's proven that he doesn't need it to succeed. Yeah, But you can't count Alex Rodriguez, a member of the 600 home run club, without steroids. You can't count him a three-time MVP without steroids. And with those MVPs, you take away his silver sluggers. And honestly, you don't have the same caliber of player you have today. You probably have a regular Hall of Famer but not this upper echelon Hall of Famer right here.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like when you open the door to the other juicers, like Sosa, McGuire, um, they were great power hitters, but they were often one-dimensional. And that's where these, these really talented, rare ones come in, like A-Rod and Barry Bonds, that were able to be top of the line contact hitters, power hitters, sluggers, speed threats, and defensive threats. And that was more of a complete player. I think a lot of the a lot of the steroid era players, the ones I mentioned, like Palmero too, they were all not really well-rounded. They just had the power aspect. But when you have a well-rounded player like that, I, I, I think if you look at it like that and the voters look at it like that, I don't think I'm scared of the door opening on the steroid users. I think you can let a couple really good ones in.
0: Okay. I'm gonna reiterate one comment that you said okay. before we move on to our next guy. You said you can't tell the story of baseball that Alex Rodriguez. And you can't, but that doesn't mean he has to have a plaque. You can put his name in the Hall of Fame exhibit without it being on a plaque.
1: That's fair enough. I think, I think we have to disagree on this one because, I mean, I think we just have a different idea of what belongs in the Hall of Fame.
0: I am not pro-cheaters being in the Hall of Fame. That's what it True. comes down to. Um, and so I think another candidate, another steroid guy, obvious steroid guy is Manny Ramirez. This guy tested positive twice. And again, this is another guy who has the credentials to be in the Hall of Fame. Like the dude finished in top 10 in MVP voting for nine straight years, skipped two years. And there's another one right there. He put up one daughter's for 12 seasons, something like that. You know, he put up 555 career home runs. He's a 312 career hitter batting average. Like it's an impressive resume, but he took steroids it tarnished your reputation.
1: Yeah, and I think I think this one's a little bit different just just simply because he just wasn't at a high level anywhere else other than um other than hitting. He was a very good hitter. And also, I watched a documentary on this. This guy was this guy was on steroids I think before he got even drafted. I I think I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I heard that right. Um so a guy that was so reliant on that and then once he got busted, obviously, towards the end of his career, he kind of just had to leave the game. Um, so you see that, and I just – I think this is an absolute no for me. Yeah, so, 100%. I agree.
2: It's it's a no through and through. Um, I, I think compared to A-Rod, like, they're in two completely different leagues, and the fact that he got caught twice and then just kind of, like, fell out of the league like kind of just shows to how 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 different they are in comparison i I didn't put him in, but i mean he had a he had a very good career it's just it was plagued by this by the steroids
0: also self inflicted
2: yes yeah it's not like it's not i'm not saying like it was like a disease that he caught it was literally he was doing it since he was like seventeen, yeah. And another player just like that, Gary Sheffield, great career,
0: great hitter, nine time All Star, five time Silver Slugger, a player of the year award, but not an MVP award, because that makes perfect sense. Second place in MVP, third place in MVP, third place in MVP. Like you get it. Great baseball player, great contact ability, not striking out a horrible rate. He's walked more than he struck out in his career. Like Gary Sheffield. Is a Hall of Famer statistically, but he admitted to doing
1: steroids. I think this is the most innocent steroid user there is because it is no, and I'm not saying that it's not wrong, but like <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he didn't even know what was happening. Like, I mean, he was, this was, this was in the peak of the steroid era. Like, he was playing in the peak. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that he is the most innocent one that's come out because. The other ones didn't come out and say that they did it. Uh, Gary literally came out and admitted it. Um, but this is just another player that kind of backs up my point on A-Rod that the other players are more one-dimensional. Um, Gary Sheffield was, yes, a way better contact hitter than most steroid users, but he also was not great in the field. Um, and I, I think all the MVPs, the all the MVP, the top MVP votings, um, is just not enough to kind of push him over. Mm-hmm. um i don't I don't know if he's the most well rounded player other than on the hitting side of the field. I think that uh, for me, sorry you, can go you can go uh, I was just gonna say
0: with Gary Sheffield, right? like yeah. you have someone who could perform consistently and prove perform consistently well above average, and that's what the Hall of famer should be, but no matter how innocently they are a steroid user or not, they still have the underlying phrase steroid user. And that's what he is.
1: And what year did he get busted for? Did he come out after he retired? Or yeah, okay. do we, Do we know what, what years that were? Because and he, he actually... literally
0: admitted to it.
1: Yeah, he admitted it to it. But what what years do you know? Like, was he a full full career user or? Because he actually was able to maintain that production up until two thousand seven almost um i mean this is a long career this is 22 years and he was consistently good through that entire time except for the last two years on detroit and the Mets. he so,
0: reportedly admitted to it in 2004
1: so I mean, during his to, career yeah he and then the next season he hit 34 home runs batted 291 with an 891 ops i mean that's still is that like a jose altuve occurrence or is that but just not enough to steroids agree? no that's but when the next, he admitted
0: that, that's when he admitted to doing it he could have been doing it for longer
1: If he admitted to it, then he wouldn't have continued. That doesn't make sense. But you still have the effects of steroids in your body. They don't just go away. Like they go away over a long
0: period of time.
1: I mean, If you're
0: looking at his next season, that's not a fair statement. It's looking at his 2005, 6, 7, which is when he started to fall off because, as noted, steroids were gone.
1: I mean, a 265 batting average, 840 OPS. But look at what you're
0: comparing it to.
1: That's also, the also the, the worst thing is it's not gonna look good on his part because this is an aging version of him. It's a 38-year-old. This is a 38-year-old Gary Sheffield we're looking at. That's that's way older than the average player in the MLB. So I, I didn't vote him in me personally, but this is this is a player that still man managed to produce uh not as long after he admitted, opened up to it, but for I think a couple of years after. I think that he's gonna get some votes, but it's just not gonna be enough to push him in the hall of fame.
2: Devs, any uh, last thoughts?
1: For me, for me, I had flip flop back and
2: forth on him. I, at the end of the day, I think he's just kind of a name that like I really liked overall. Like he has really cool good MLB Show cards. Tom loved his. What was that? 20 MLB Show twenty. You like fell in love with that one card that he had. Yes. Yeah, sure. He's just, but he's he's not a player that I think is worthy of making into the Hall of Fame despite the steroid usage like Tom said he's a very he's very one-dimensional and stuff like that. So overall I I had decided not to put him in. Yeah, and so honestly that kind of
0: wraps up like our people who would be in the Hall of Fame steroid users, obviously Andy Pettit, there's a lot of ties to steroids there. He's a borderline but he's more of a postseason prowess Hall of Famer than a regular season success. But then again, He's too borderline, and having the steroid allegations just pushes him out. Are yeah. you guys kind of on board with that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And so kind of swapping to the cleaner side of things is I kind of want to go look at a case that's a little bit more interesting in the case of Mark Burley. Mark Burley went out and did exactly what any pitcher should do, and he threw consistent quality innings. Like if you were to try and make a Hall of Fame sentence for every player – Mark Burley's be consistency and reliability for the better part of two decades. He's a 59.1 career war. He's got in 10 of his 15 years with 200, in, 200 plus innings pitch, his ERA plus is better than 110. He threw a perfect game, which it's random, but you know what? He did it. A four-time gold glover. Every single year of his career, except his final year, his wins above average, which is war compared to a major league player than a minor league player was above zero. So better than average. And the only place where he kind of lacks is his hall of fame statistics, like his jaws, his seven year peak, stuff like that. So the argument is there from Mark Burley. And I kind of think that he should be in because he is the example of what consistency and reliability should be over and over again.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, this guy, Barely hung on to the ballot last year. I mean, he got five point eight percent of the votes. He's not going to get in, but it's it's an interesting topic to talk about because there's a lot of things that you kind of go under the surface and you kind of you kind of see some interesting statistics. Like the model of consistency for this guy was crazy. I mean, the 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 thing you talked about, the ERA plus in those those in innings pitched, um, and that that consistency over his whole career, that's what you're looking for. But he never even had a season let me check this he had one season above 150 strikeouts in those innings yeah, um
0: pitch a pitcher
1: yeah but i just if you're if you're talking about small hall this is like kind of just a hall of good i mean he was just a good pitcher over time i mean he never was i don't think you could consider consider this guy a top 10 pitcher in baseball uh, any of the years he pitched um do do you think that that's true maybe maybe I, 2005 but
0: I don't know if he's a top 10 pitcher, but he's always 10 to 15. That's the thing. You never had someone like fluctuating very high, very low. He was always 10 to 15 in his time because you knew what you were going to get out of him.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I think, I think it's consistency is something that that's pretty remarkable, especially for a pitcher. Um, It's hard to stay healthy like that for so many years, but it's, it's just not enough and I know I know the advanced stats um probably favor him more than his regular stats, but like he doesn't have those counting stats that that most voters are gonna be looking for. and I, I don't think he's gonna get in. I think he's gonna stay on the ballot for a couple for uh, several more years, but I, I think he's just gonna be there. I think he's not gonna crack like thirty percent. I think that's fair. Stez, what do you think
2: uh, i I definitely agree with Tom like. Because, again, I'm not an advanced statistics person like like Brad is, and Tom also looks at that. So I just kind of look at these these counting stats that your average MLB fan looks at, right? And it's it comes down to the question of how do you look at a Hall of Famer? Do you look at them being good over a long period of time, or do you look at their peak? He was a very good baseball player, very good pitcher, consistently for 15 years but he was only a good player. He wasn't overly – like, he didn't do anything over over the top and made a case t- – if he had went out and – yeah, he threw a perfect game, which that kind of adds to his resume, but, like, if you look at, like, a, a Hall of Famer or what I consider to be a Hall of Famer, they need to have something that kind of stuns you if for at least one season, like one – out of out of the box like crazy season and i don't think mark burley did that
0: yeah and i'm not necessarily hurt by the fact that i think he should be in the hall of fame i think i'm voting for him so he gets the recognition of what he did
1: and that's what i think is going to happen i think i think his percentage is going to go up it has to go up i mean if it doesn't go up he's going to be off the ballot so i mean i think we're going to see it jump a little bit but i think the biggest jump is someone that i want to talk about are we are we ready to segment into the next part yeah. Scott Rowland, I think is, is going to be the MLB likes to vote in at least one player usually. And Scott Rowland is the closest. He's at like 65%, 66%. You need 75 to get in. He's going to be the guy to make the leap. If anyone, Um, are we in agreement on that? I mean, that's, this is a pretty easy guy to talk about. Yeah, honestly, a, a guy that I, I I hadn't really looked at that much, but then I dove deeper into his statistics and then it's, it's pretty obvious. Um, really good glove, and honestly, a decent, a a pretty good power bat, too, over his career. Um, And it was kind of a quiet Hall of Fame career, don't you think? I think it was overshadowed by the steroid users of his time. Yeah, but I think it's definitely one that's deserving of it. Steves, you got any comments on that?
2: I mean, just looking at, like, his accolades, right? Rookie of the Year, seven-time All-Star, 2006 World Series champion, eight-time gold glove, and a silver slugger. Those are just accolades that you – get for a hall of fame career and i mean i definitely agree i didn't really know a lot about him before we kind of decided to do this episode and when doing my little bit of research that i did i definitely kind of fell in love with him but he is a philly so i have to uh knock some points for that
0: um i love scott Rowan as a player like he's a consistent all-around player who performed at a high level during the steroid era he had 10 straight years of an OPS plus over 120 during that steroid era, except for an injury plague season. And so you can't really consider that. And for he casually put up a 9.2 war season in 2004. Like, okay, go go you Scott Rowland. Um, his wins above average was obviously positive in every year, except his first season, which he was his like before rookie season, and his last season. So that showed that every single year that he played. He Was an above average major, major league baseball player, like that his minimum was above average, and he perform outperforms everything you need for a third base hall of famer. He's higher in jaws, higher in a seven-year peak, higher in career war, higher than his war in 162. I think it's a slam dunk for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he, he's already, he's already so close. Um, he's just been creeping up on that on that 75% every year. So th- this is the year he's gonna get in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and so. I think the other guy that has a very fair chance. I think there's a couple guys on the list that have a very fair chance. Hot held. I know Tom. You weren't the biggest fan of his. Um, but yeah. I, again, those one-word plaque creators—an intimidating presence at the plate that dominated the early 2000s without the use of steroids.
1: Yeah, and 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 if you want to talk about these peaks, I mean he had a very good peak. Um yeah. let me just let me just use baseball reference really quick and get this segment here. Um, you know, it's ridiculous. On it's it's pretty ridiculous. One moment, let me just click up here. Like, then, yeah. Oh my gosh, it just continues. It yeah, so I mean this 9-year period hit almost 300 home runs, batted 333, 1800 hits um with an OPS of over 1000. And I mean the only reason I would I would not consider this would be because um you know, core's effect and does that give a, a quote similar effect to the steroid era? I don't think so. Um, Brad, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say that, like, even if you wanted to say that,
0: you can go look at his OPS plus, which adjusts for ballpark,
1: and it's yeah. still fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a really good ten-year peak. Um, two thousand nine things. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, after two thousand nine, things started to slow down a little bit. Um. I, maybe it was due to injury. It was due to injuries. Or... It was
0: age. He was Asian. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, he started his career at 23, so he didn't really get to have that like 20 year career. Um, if you honestly gave him a 20 year career and averaged that out, it's probably going to be like a, like a, like a first ballot type guy. But um, even with that 10 year period, you still got 2,500 hits, almost 400 home runs. he uh, got the batting title, three gold gloves. He wasn't a bad fielder either. I, I, I looked at it today and I, I think, I think he belongs in the hall of fame. And he's he's on the way too. I think he got a decent amount of votes last time. I think it was like fifty some percent. So for me, it
2: felt kind of like a no brainer. Todd Helton's was kind of like uh, I, f- I felt like I always heard his name growing up, and like whenever like they were talking about like oh it's like the first player to do this since like Todd Helton or something like that. Like I it felt like a no brainer to me in that nine year period where he was playing out of his mind just kind of cemented it
0: yeah and obviously like you have someone has a peak like that and i think this is where tom and i are going to heavily disagree the most
1: let's go i'm ready
0: is a peak like andrew jones which didn't exist he is if you want to put again his his statement on his plaque is the best defensive center fielder of his time
1: I'm ready. Can I? Am I ready He's to go? He's not
0: the best center fielder of his time. If you—that's the argument you're going to make.
1: Okay, there are four players in the history of baseball with ten gold gloves and 400 plus home runs. Okay, those four players are Willie Mays, Ken Griffey Jr., Mike Schmidt, and Andrew Jones. There are three first ballot Hall of Famers, and then there is Andrew Jones. Um, I do understand the counter argument. His career was very a very steep fall off. I mean, he kind of just gained weight. I think he was, I don't really know what happened towards the end of his career. Um, The last five seasons, the MLB went horribly. I think if he hadn't had those last five under his belt, he probably would be a a way better chance of getting in. But in that, in that 10 year peak that we're talking about, 10 consecutive gold gloves, 363 home runs, 1600 hits. I didn't pull any advanced stats from that one. I'm sorry, but that you can't, you can't deny 10 consecutive gold gloves. That's a very good field. That's a very, that's a very good fielding center fielder right there. And almost 400 home runs in 10 years. That is bizarre. And I think for those 10 years, he was the best fielding center fielder in baseball. And I think you could make the argument that he was one of the best center fielders in baseball. I think top three, at least.
0: Top three, sure. But enter Carlos Beltran. Um, but with Andrew Jones, the thing is, there's just no, like Stev's talked about like the season. Andrew Jones doesn't have that. And I think for a defensive Hall of Famer like Ozzy Smith, you need to do it for a long period of time. And in my honest opinion, his bat wasn't good enough for it to only be 10 years.
1: I mean, you could argue that that 2005 season where he blew up for 51 home runs, OPS at 922, OPS but plus 136. His, I mean, that-
0: that's his best season as a 136 OPS plus. I'm sorry, but no.
1: I, I I agree that the that the advanced statistics don't like that, but a lot of people, including probably Stebs, gravitate to big home runs, a lot of gold gloves, and that's probably what's going to boost his status in this one. I, is this this isn't his last year on the ballot, right? He, no, he's no, no, no. He's relatively new, right?
0: He this is his sixth year. He's, yeah. So
1: while I don't think he's going to get in this year, I think he's going to gradually crawl up like some of these other guys. Um, I think he's going to jump 10% this year. I think people are going to kind of recognize him. And yes, this was during the steroid era – at the tail end of the steroid era. So he will get a little bit of boost there. Um, So he does get my vote. And yeah, so I mean like he would get my vote so that the that his percentage would slowly keep rising, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he he's on pace. Though. I think he's going to eventually be voted in.
0: Uh, I think with uh, outfielders – sorry. Uh, I'm going to say this one thing and then you got to the thing with outfielders is you have to be outstanding i think so like the most hall of famers are right fielders like of any position right fielders has the most and he doesn't stand out in any of the hall of fame statistics compared to the average center field hall of famer the only thing where he's above average is his seven year peak which is only 2 point or 1.7 war higher his jaws is under his war over 162 is under his career war is under that's not good enough
2: that's that's fair that's 100% fair but when i'm looking at his career again like tom said 10 gold gloves that's incredible and i understand um that you think that his steep fall off was kind of is detrimental to him which it definitely is after batting not very he wasn't the best hitter in the world but you also have to look over the like 10 years that he was at his quote unquote peak he played no less than 153 games in a season he played three straight years where he played 162 161 and 161 and he didn't i mean in the in those three seasons he batted hold on, I'm trying to see them he batted 275 303 and 251 for a guy that's primary focus is being a defensive center fielder that's not terrible and the fact that he's out there playing every single day is just in my opinion just what i need to see from this type of player
0: i don't think it stacks up to par when you compare it to other center fielders that are in the hall of fame
1: do you think he's going to his that's, his um his thing's going to boost this year though do you think i think he,
0: i think he will end up in the hall of fame but he will not end up in the hall of fame with my vote
1: that's what i was yeah okay because that's that's the same thing i was going with he's gonna get in with my vote it's just not going to be this year that's what i had to say
0: yeah and then a guy whose last chance it is is jeff kent again this is another guy that's like right there it's just there's no way to be like yes or no with him like there's no there's too much balance to the yes and no equation for him do you kind of agree with that statement at least
1: yeah and it's just there's it's kind of interesting i mean he was a problematic player i mean he got into that fight with barry bonds um you know the beef yeah um but he also has the most home runs by any second baseman of all time that at least played 500 games at second base like an actual second baseman um so he was a he was a very good power threat and usually you see I'm pretty sure for every other position in baseball of all time, the leader in home runs at that position, not not considering steroid users, is in the Hall of Fame. Um, so it it would be hard to say no to it. Um but in this case, I I think I am going to say no because I I don't know. I just I got I have to review this again cuz the, the the case of Jeff Kent is he doesn't have a high percent yet and he's he's got 1 year to do this. I don't think he can make such a significant leap. To put him in the Hall of Fame this year, he's going to end up on the Contemporary one again, or for the first time, and it's just it's just too much of a gap. He can't close it in one year. Says, so, what do you think? I I agree. I don't. I think it's just too
2: steep of an asking price right now to put him in in his final year. I with with on the Contemporary ballot, I think he probably will get in, but for him to make the jump from like I, I don't like a very low percentage to 75% is next to impossible. And I I just I didn't put him in.
0: And also he only had three seasons with a five or above. Again, like that's just not enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can be the leader in a in a one statistic and still not be the best, still not yeah. be one of the best. So I think I think he falls exactly in that category. I think a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, home runs. I'm excited, but it's just not gonna be enough for him.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I think there's one more player that we really need to go over before we see how everything turned out, and I think this guy's a slam-dunk Hall of Famer. And his sentence is the best left-handed reliever of all time, Billy Wagner. He's been climbing year after year, and honestly, this might be the year he finally cracks it. This is his eighth year on the ballot. You look at his career, and he has one singular season with an ERA above three. And that year he had to have season-ending elbow surgery. Like, even his last year, a 143 ERA, he finished in Cy Young voting twice, and he dominated baseball. He finished with an 11.9 career strikeouts per nine. Before that elbow injury, he was looking at 14.4 strikeouts per nine, 14.6, 14.9, and then obviously injury struck.
1: Yeah, I mean, Billy Wagner's a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know why it's so hard for these voters to vote for relief pitchers. They're very strict about that, about the relief pitchers they let in the Hall of Fame. But if we just I, I just started doing research once again on on other relief pitchers that were in the Hall of Fame. Trevor Hoffman, he had a career ERA plus of 141. Over Billy Wagner's 13 year career, his lowest career year, I mean his lowest season ERA plus was 141. So Wagner's worst is equivalent to Trevor Hoffman's average. Um that's that's pretty good, and and I think that surprised Brad. Maybe I got this. T- Did I get that stat, row um, Hoffman's
0: worst is no. equal to Wagner's average?
1: No, as it was a day Was it really?
0: Oh, are you sure? Billy Wagner had an eighty-one ERA plus at one point. Just true. oh really? Yeah, oh, It might have been mid. Yeah, it was, it, season
2: was the,
1: wait, the, it medium, yeah, it was it the season been, he got hurt. Yeah, this, it might have been a minimum was innings. His, was his, his season he got hurt? Oh, right. Yeah, so, like, minimum yeah. minimum of, like, 100 innings pitch or something. I don't know. Maybe it, it was um, – a sorry, minimum of some, some, some yeah. amount of games. Yeah, you're good. You know, you're you good. Know, yeah, no, but, no. like, Billy Wagner, good in simple terms. He good. He throws ball pretty hard. <laughs> he strikes out. Some batters. So that's, uh, you're on the same page, uh, right?
2: Yeah, I'm on the same page. There was two or three absolute no-doubt brainers, and he was definitely one of them.
0: And so, like, you may look at his – baseball reference would be like oh why is he so low compared to other relievers but it's also because like think about the time he pitched in relievers that were in like raleigh fingers dennis eckersley uh goose gossage they were throwing in a time when relievers were being asked to throw 110 innings they're asking to throw every day or something like that so when you're not throwing quality innings as frequently you're still throwing quality innings but not at the same amount that's why your war is not going to be as high enough and Dominance over time is exactly what Billy Wagner is, and I think if Aroldis Chapman stayed on the path he was on, we're having a conversation of who's the best left-handed reliever of all time, but considering Aroldis Chapman's fall off and Billy Wagner's consistency over time, it's Billy Wagner, and you can't say best left-handed reliever of all time, didn't take steroids, and not put him in the Hall of Fame.
1: Absolutely. I I think it has to, I think it has to be soon. And he actually surprisingly is running out of time. I can't believe he's on the eighth year of his, of his tenure out there. I, it doesn't make any sense, but he should definitely be voted in. And I see a big jump coming.
0: And so with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with what happened with hall of fame voting. All right. Welcome back y'all to the four a baseball podcast. Thank you for sticking around for this part that I'm so excited to go over. This is the part I've been waiting for. I love the discussion about all the candidates, but I w- I want to see who got in. And so to kick it off first, the ballot. So there are 161 unique voters that submitted their ballot. And so looking at their rarity, there's 125 unique forms of the ballot. And the most common type, it occurred twice. Um, there are two ballots that were similar, and they both occurred four times. That's just a little bra- uh, ballotology for you. And so, the moment I've all been waiting for the results by numbers. Two people got inducted into the Hall of Fame, 14 people stayed on the ballot, and 12 people fell off the ballot. All right, drum roll, please.
2: All right, these
0: are the people who got less than 5%. All right, so the this first part. This is shocking. <laughs> all right, so if you get less than 5% on the ballot, you fall off the ballot completely. And a lot of the guys that were here were first years. Houston Street, Jacoby Ellsbury, Andre Ether, Matt Kane, Bronson Royal, Mike Napoli, Jason Wirth, John Lackey, Johnny Peralta, Jared Weaver, and JJ Hardy all fell off the ballot. And where's the love for JJ Hardy, man? Yeah, JJ Hardy got zero percent. <laughs> Is there any guys here that you were uh, any bit surprised about? Um
2: I think no, 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 Houston Street maybe a little bit about. low. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm <laughs> super surprised about is it. <laughs>
0: um, I think that if Jacoby Ellsbury hadn't had an injury plagued career, he could have been in a discussion to have an actual hall of fame career. But then again, injury struck.
1: I mean, I'm not a biased person, but Matt Kane was pretty good, right? I mean, Matt Kane was like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. He threw, yeah, he threw a perfect biased. game though. He did yeah, throw yeah. a perfect
0: game. That's why he's on the ballot. That's actually not true. Yeah. He had 10 years <laughs> service time. And so those are the guys that were not off the ballot, but did not make the top 10. We have Ari Dickey staying on the ballot. We have Tory Hunter staying on the ballot. Omar Vizcala, Jimmy Rollins, Francisco Rodriguez, Andy Pettit, and Mark Burley staying on the ballot. Do any of these numbers shock you?
1: RA Dickey, maybe a little bit. Um, I guess Omar Vizquel, for those that don't know about the, um, the problems behind, behind the statistics, maybe that would, that would be the reason that he's got a couple, um, votes, but other than that, no, this is exactly where I would think everyone would fall.
0: Yeah. And Mark Burley kind of got that boost. He got to 26.7%. Uh, K-Rod, I thought he was going to be a little bit higher, to be honest. I thought he was going to get a good amount of votes, but then again, a lot of off-field stuff with him. Yeah. Um.
2: Stavs, where do you stand on this? Uh, for me, I I think R. A. Dickey's just kind of in there because his knuckleball is kind of like oh, it's a hard pitch to throw, and he did it as he was a very, he was he perfected it very well. So I think that's the only reason that he's on the the ballot. Um, going back to the last one, uh, the only person that I was kind of questionable about was Houston Street, um. Obviously, I wanted Jason Worth to stay on the ballot, but he was all of mediocre at best. So,
0: yeah. And so I believe we're finally at the part I've all been waiting for the Hall of Famers. Okay. Coming in first, he played baseball in the 2000s. Todd Helton, welcome to the MLB Baseball Hall of Fame. And second of all, Tom, who's getting in? Scott Rowland. It is Scott Yes! Rowland. These are <laughs> your 2023 National Baseball Hall of Famers. Congratulations, Scott Rowland and Todd Helton. And so if you want to see what the results came out, Scott Rowland and Todd Helton got in pretty convincingly, like both wow. over the eighty percent 80% threshold. Billy Wagner just missed. He just missed. He needed to get to 121 votes to get in. He got 118. He's at 73.29%. Andrew Jones went up to 68%. Alex Rodriguez, 54%. Carlos Beltran, 53%. And then we kind of go to the bottom. Uh, Tom, I know you were talking about Bobby Abreu. Are you surprised that he was that low?
1: I don't think so because you really – and I mean really have to dive deep to find these cherry-pick statistics that put him in this elite category of hitter. I mean obviously really good on base, really good speed, um, and a good contact hitter. But when you look at the surface, he doesn't look like a Hall of Famer. So I think a lot of of people, including myself before I researched, probably would have voted no too. Mm -hmm. So it does make sense. I, I am very shocked about how close Billy Wagner was. And also that Andrew Jones was higher than Alex Rodriguez and Carlos Beltran. That was a little surprising to me, too.
0: Yeah. Stibbs, are you going to say? Mm,
1: no, I mean, I, I'm not
2: super surprised that Andrew Jones is over A-Rod or Carlos Beltran just because of the whole cheater stigma around them. That would be my only thing. Mm.
0: And so, like, obviously, it kind of looks like a player like Jeff Kent. He's, he's done. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer. He failed at 34.7%. It doesn't look like Gary Sheffield's really going to get in. Billy Wagner, he's—I think he's going to get in next year.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, he has to be. He's gonna—he's been crawling up his whole time on the, on the tenure. Yeah,
0: and then Alex Rodriguez and Carlos Beltran are right there with one another, and I think that if one gets in, the other will get in, vice versa. Yeah, um,
1: especially especially for Carlos Beltran being his first year of eligibility and still managing to pull in fifty three percent of the voters. That's mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good starting point, you know. A lot of people start at like five percent, uh, but he, starting at fifty three percent, that's definitely a lot easier to crawl up.
0: Yeah, I hundred yeah. percent agree. And so, like, kind of just diving into the numbers of what the votes went out with. Something that I really wanted to look into was like, oh, the steroid guys, right? Only fifty five percent of voters that voted for A Rod voted for Gary Sheffield. I found that to be surprising. I also found it surprising that seventy percent voted for Manny Ramirez. people who voted for alex rodriguez so obviously these are people who are kind of just looking straight past steroids and kind of like Steves looking right at stats
1: yeah but even then i i think in my vote i i'm pretty sure i voted a rod and not manny or gary Mm -hmm. but i think you can make more of a case for gary than for manny honestly um but i think a lot of people saw through the fact that a Rod. Beyond the whole the whole steroid thing is still so significantly higher and better than a lot of players that he even without him, I think it'd be good. Mm. So
0: the most common thing was for people to either vote for none of them or a mixed assort of the steroid voters. Only what was this? Only 16 people only voted for one person. 10 people voted for A Rod, 12 people voted for Andy Pettit. Four people voted for Manny Ramirez, and 56 people voted for none of them. Um, and then last little talking about the voter group, 25 people were considered small hall voters who were one to four players, and 66 were big hall who voted eight to ten. So honestly, it gives you the full range because there's a lot of people that sit in the middle of that group. There's about 80 voters who are sitting in the middle of that group between five and seven players. And do you guys think that's the proper area where voters should be? Like,
1: well, I, this is the thing you on the on the on the real voters too. There's also a mix of people that want small hall, big hall, and and you kind of see it here with the 160 something votes. It does balance out because the small hall people and the big hall people manage to produce results that actually are going to look shockingly similar, in my opinion. I I honestly think this is going to look pretty similar to. I I think there's going to be a little bit less of a vote percentage. But hmm. in general, I think it's it's looking exactly how it should be. I think Scott Rowland and Todd Hilton are the highest odds to get in, followed by Billy Wagner and Andrew Jones. I think this is exactly what it's going to look like, and I think it kind of balanced out with the viewers exactly how it's going to play out. Yeah. And so, did you guys have any final thoughts on this Hall of Fame episode? I just I just like breaking down the statistics. I like doing these these um these polls. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Steves.
2: No, nah, uh, but if Tom likes doing the polls so much, maybe we could put a couple more of them up. can't think of different ideas and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, that'll do it, folks. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. It will be back on Friday, dropping back into your feeds. If you want to interact with us at all, be sure to join us on Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, anything else in between. We upload these shorts that you'll find here on YouTube with Facecam. If you've enjoyed, please leave a rating, a review, or a like, or if you have any suggestions, be sure to shoot them below on whatever... Uh, app you get your podcast follow us on all social media all links are in the description below we will see you all next time peace